0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge of Wharton. Three of the biggest names in business are going to team up to form their own healthcare company. And in the process, they hope that they will be able to reduce costs for their employees as well as to a degree, disrupt the healthcare industry. Those three are Amazon, J.P. Morgan, and Berkshire Hathaway. And this unique partnership has many people wondering what the impact will be for the employees of those companies, as well as the healthcare sector and the insurance industry. We'll delve into those questions with Rob Field, Professor of Law and Professor of Health Management and Policy at Drexel University. He is also a lecturer here at the Wharton School in the School of Healthcare Management. And also joining us is Guillaume McKee, who is an associate professor of presidential studies at the university of Virginia. He also heads the great issues program of the school. And I think we can all agree that healthcare has been a great issue in this country for some time. Rob, great seeing you again. Thanks for coming over. Thanks. Guyon, great to have you with us today. Thanks for having me. Start with you, your reaction to this, this news by these three.
1: Well, I think it's a a fascinating development to see them moving into this, this field, and it suggests the ongoing level of crisis in the U.S. healthcare system, particularly, I think, around areas of cost. I also note that it's part of a larger trend. We've seen with CVS acquiring Aetna late last year, um, movements by groups like United Health Group uh, into rethinking aspects of uh, how healthcare is paid for and even more than that, how it's delivered. And there are not a lot of details about this partnership, but these are certainly big players and there's some fascinating potential implications.
2: Rob. So what's significant, I think, is that, uh, as Gann said, we have these mergers uh, in the provider sector and the payer sector. Yeah. But this is independent. This is in the customer sector. They are acting as customers of healthcare on behalf of their employees. And they are saying, we finally have to get our act together and do something serious. So I think this is a significant step Forward beyond uh, the merger activity we've been seeing.
0: I think the timing also is very interesting from the perspective of there have been quite a few stories, Rob, in the last few months about Amazon getting deeper and deeper into healthcare. And seemingly, I don't think we maybe necessarily expected this, but it would play into obviously their want to get further into this sector. Right. Uh, they've been talking about delivering prescription
2: drugs, at least generics, uh, about using new technologies. Amazon is really the wild card in this equation. Uh, The others are more traditional companies. Berkshire Hathaway has been in insurance, which is an important piece of this. Uh, J.P. Morgan, obviously, finance. Uh, Amazon, uh, who knows? Uh, They uh, have made their living over the last uh, 15 or 20 years disrupting things, and the expectation is they'll disrupt again. Uh, They're into uh, artificial intelligence, uh, big data, uh, and frontiers that we can only guess at. So that's the exciting. Part.
0: But I, I think on the fact that you have three of the most powerful people in industry right now involved in this, and obviously, I, I don't think anybody would disagree that that these three gentlemen are spearheading this uh, to a degree with uh, Jeff Bezos and, and Warren Buffett, and also Jamie Dimon. Uh, th- those three gentlemen have the ability to get a lot of stuff done, and seemingly, uh, they know that this is a, a a big issue for a lot of uh, a lot of Americans right now. Absolutely. Uh,
1: you know, there's, there's clearly some significant levels of capability here, and where they don't have the expertise, they can obviously go out and 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 bring it in. Um, I think one of the fascinating aspects of this is um, just how ambitious do they want to be. You mentioned, or Rob mentioned that the technology aspects, which is certainly one piece of it. One thing I'm fascinated about is whether they might go even farther and start to move outside the existing delivery system and bring in uh, physician groups, potentially even hospitals, or certainly primary care clinics. Um, you know, That's one of the things about our healthcare system is that if you really are interested in uh, bending the, the cost curve, you have to get to uh, the issues of price. That We simply have pricing power due to yeah. aspects of our market. And I don't know, even as big as these three companies are, that they have the size and leverage to really influence the existing delivery system to really make a difference for their employees and potentially beyond there may be a need to think about rebuilding the entire system. I don't know if that's what they're intending or not, but to no. me, that's where the real opportunities would probably lie. Well,
0: it's funny, Guillaume, because when you look at these three companies, I was reading it uh, yesterday, they have about a million employees between the right. three of them, and yeah. you would think, wow, a million employees, you could really get some stuff done with that. But seemingly, that, that's not the case. And you've uh, reiterated a, a point that i have I've seen in a couple of locations in the last 24 hours.
1: Yeah. You know, I think what that says is they have a big enough pool in terms of managing health risk. You know, they're going to have a diversity of health uh, uh, situations and outcomes among that employee group. So the insurance pool would probably work, but it's actually not big enough to really have the bargaining power against the system as a whole uh, any more than uh, existing insurance plans have had. So I think that's that's the, the the dynamic that brings you into that kind of larger question about how you're actually going to deliver health care. And also, I guess, even your ability to really... Uh, deliver the full benefits of whatever technological changes and improvements
2: uh-huh. they might
1: make from electronic records to algorithms about d- d- disease development to, to AI systems.
2: So, I think the big question is, will they develop something that's scalable and uh, transportable? Uh, what they do for a million employees is obviously important. You've got three uh, 800-pound gorillas in the in the uh, business world uh, now joined together. Uh, that's quite a force. Uh, Will uh, Amazon's innovation and Warren Buffett's uh, vision and Jamie Dimon's resources uh, create something that other uh, companies can pick up on? Uh, Can they create models uh, that are transferable uh, throughout the system? I think that's the exciting potential. If not... Uh, they will undoubtedly accomplish great things for their employees, right. uh, but it will pretty much
0: stop at that. We, we really don't know, though. I, I mean, obviously, this is a story that is really in, in its infancy right now. Mm-hmm. So we really don't know how, as you kind of alluded to before, how each Part of uh, of these three companies is really going to factor in on you know who's going to step up on one piece at, on A, B, and C in this whole process.
2: Yeah, uh, they just said it's going to be an independent entity. It's not going to be profit driven. Does that mean a nonprofit, a benefit corporation? What exactly is the structure going to be? But three people as prominent as this, uh, as much uh, uh, showing as much leadership as they have shown. I don't think would be out there with an announcement like this
0: unless they had some serious plans. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton on Sirius XM 111, Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. Stan Loney here in our studio with Rob Field, professor of law and professor of health management and policy at Drexel University. And on the phone with Guillaume McKee, who is with the uh, University of Virginia. The way for you to join in is either by phone at 844-WHARTON, 942 Seven eight six six, Or if you can't get to your phone, you can send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Gion, if you're an employee of one of these three companies, what are you thinking right now?
1: Well, it's an interesting uh uh situation for one thing it's as we've said it's also it's all still so hypothetical that you don't know exactly what the implications would be right um My sense is that you know if you're working for Amazon or Berkshire, you're pretty committed uh to that that company and uh, everything that it, it provides. You're already linked, obviously, as anyone in an employer-based plan is, to um, their healthcare system. So I think there would be a degree to which you'd be uh, potentially looking forward to innovations that could lower your your healthcare costs potentially, if that happens, increase your uh, your your take-home wages. Uh-huh. Um, there's always a little bit, or perhaps should be, maybe there's not enough among among American workers today, of trepidation of giving up that much more control to your employer over things like privacy, health data, all of that. You know, my own sense is, if I were working for one of the companies in the partnership, I'd be excited to see where it goes. And I, I mean, I guess I'm a, a little bit biased, and I'm interested in these things, but looking forward to participating in it, and, and that sense really of the possibility of making changes in a sector of our economy that is one of the more dysfunctional and burdensome <laughs> and problematic that we have.
2: So I I would be excited, particularly if I planned on staying with the company for some period of time. Um, However, I'd have a little bit of trepidation because uh, they're going to be the beta test. (laughs) And whatever it is they come up with, uh, if it's innovative, uh, it's clearly going to have kinks that need to be worked yeah. out as with anything. Uh, so it's like w- with a new drug, uh, it may be the greatest thing ever, but uh, th- those first patients uh, are, are still somewhat on a frontier. So I'd be be a little bit leery about uh, uh, how, how the rollout's going to go.
0: You, you know, the interesting part about this is is obviously one of the, the, the areas where uh, citizens have complained here in the U.S. has been the health insurance industry. The other part to it is what we see in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. and the fact that we are still going back and forth on health care in this country—I mean, we had the Affordable Care Act, but obviously that's not seen by everybody as the, the as the perfect fix. And, and a lot of people said, you know, there are a variety of fixes that could be made to it. So some of this also gets put on the shoulders of the people on Capitol Hill for not getting, you know, a, a proper plan in place to, you know, so that it can take care of everybody.
2: Yes. Uh, However, I think the the role of the federal government in this is to position the market so that private companies can do what these three companies are doing. Um, Some people feel the federal government can do everything by itself. Some people think the federal government should do nothing by itself. Right. Um, Over the last uh, 60, 70 years, we've had a system of insurance based on employment. We've actually seen a lot of innovation uh, that private companies, both employers and insurers, have put in. Um, I think the importance. Important thing here is that the federal government not stand in the way and if uh, what they've done is, is not solve the problem but allowed uh, entrepreneurial innovative companies to do it I think that they've done their job. Guy? I'd add, add one thing to that um, and, and we, we've touched
1: on it briefly, but another thing that really struck me about the, the statement from the, the three companies is that it's going to, that this, this company will be free of um, uh, uh, the profit incentives yeah. and constraints. Yep. Uh, that's a really striking statement, and you can read it a couple of different ways. It may be that you know, their hope is to make profits by selling this plan to other companies. It may be simply that they'll save money on health care costs. But there's some interesting parallels. One is historical, uh, that We've had non-profit insurers in the past in the U.S. The early Blue Cross and Blue Shield plans were not-for-profit. We've had um, group practice plans across the country at varying times. There's also some international parallels that are interesting. A number of European countries, Germany, Switzerland, to in a different way, France, all use private but not for profit insurers of different types that essentially compete on quality on cost on coverage, patient retention factors like that, and so there are different ways if you think about it to get to universal coverage. Um, not everything is you know all market or all government and um, you could see this, and here we're really getting into some some hypotheticals, as potentially moving to a system or some approximation of a system like some of those European models um, where you find ways over the long term to increase coverage, uh, but you aren't necessarily doing it through a Medicare for all kind of a plan. I was actually struck by Bernie Sanders' comment on social media after the announcement where he chose to highlight that, uh, as he said, large multinational corporations have concluded that the current health care system is dysfunctional so we actually partially welcomed it and then pivoted to well what we really need is Medicare for all right. <laughs> but yeah you know, it suggests again as I said there are different ways to get to a goal um, and it's, it's worthwhile keeping that in mind that there's not you know that, that there's not a single set of alternatives
2: yeah as Warren Buffett uh, keeps saying uh, health care is this hungry tapeworm that's uh, <laughs> e- e- eating the guts out of the American economy um, I think that the personalities of the three CEOs are significant, yeah. and uh, it may be that they're looking at uh, a legacy uh, in addition to a business opportunity. I don't think Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post because he saw it as a tremendous profit generator, and Warren Buffett is concerned with social causes. Uh, and at, at his stage of life, he may be looking to see what, what his real legacy will be. So. Perhaps I'm being optimistic, but I think the 3 of them see a social impact on the country that they can leave behind beyond just the companies they pioneered. Well,
0: remember Buffett when we were uh, you know back several months ago and the the idea of a a tax cut was first brought, Buffett was one of the first people that came out and said, "Hey, I, I don't need a tax cut. I'm yeah. somebody that's making billions of dollars already." Yeah, yeah, and it, he he said he shouldn't pay less in taxes than his
2: secretary. Yeah. So he is very interested and and has been all along in in leaving a positive social imprint, um, and that may be part of part of the motivation here. Um, making money uh, out of health insurance is becoming more and more difficult, and it is hard to imagine they see that in mind. Uh, now, as Guillaume said, we we have come uh, countries like Germany uh, that have these nonprofit uh, payment funds, yeah. uh, and maybe it's going to move towards that model. I think they want to be more intrusive. I think they want to be. Uh, managing care more directly uh, than the insurers of Europe or the United States have done, and what I imagine with Amazon in the mix is that they see uh, artificial intelligence uh, perhaps diagnosing us, things like that. It's
0: it's interesting you say that because I think for a lot of uh, time now, and and I believe this to a degree that uh, the healthcare sector feels like it, it feels like it is whatever profit it is making it feels very good about it and they feel like they have the monopoly and they really see themselves to a degree as an industry that is too big to fail i mean because of you know the needs that we have for all these different elements of healthcare but now you have something like this and this may be one of the first times not that we haven't seen, as you said, uh, you know, uh, an entity try and kind of uh, bring in a different model, but we're talking about Amazon and and, right. and Berkshire Hathaway and J.P. Morgan. These are three heavyweights coming in to potentially make this change. Well, clearly, healthcare is too big to fail. It's also too important to fail. Right. We, yeah. We're always going to need it. Yeah. Um, I
2: think uh, the key to this uh, is whether the healthcare industry will be able to shift its costs if if they are able to streamline costs bring down the prices that that providers get uh, many of which have monopolies will they be able to cost shift to the rest of us the way they have been with government programs so hospitals are very explicit they take the shortfall from medicare and medicaid and make it up in the rates they charge private insurers if that's what's going to happen then the net result of this is not going to help uh, s- society overall uh, i think the test is going to be if whatever they develop uh, can be expanded and can be a model, and if the healthcare industry uh, is finally going to have to say, "Yeah, the game is up. Uh, we can't be making the money we've been making." Kean?
1: Uh, on, on exactly that theme, I was struck by a statement from David Cordani, the CEO of um, Cigna. And you sort of think this would be a threat to to his business model with with these companies coming in. But he and he may have been putting the best face on it, admittedly. But he responded by saying, "Well, this is a good thing for exactly those reasons: that it's going to put pressure on the pricing power of the providers of the hospitals, physicians, pharmaceutical companies, and also that it's going to be." potentially a death blow, as he saw it, to fee-for-service medicine and all the incentives that it provides towards volume. And so, yeah, you know, I think that's that's really it. And it gets back to this question of how do they restructure our delivery systems in ways that Bring in efficiencies, and more than anything, challenge that kind of pricing power. That is, is why our healthcare is so much more expensive. When you when you really get down to the the element of it, and to see that coming from someone in the health insurance industry, um, to me was pretty significant, and it speaks exactly to
2: that that point. So I think the question is: We know healthcare is uh, too big to fail. Uh, is it too big to shrink? And that's what we're really looking at. Um, if we're going to seriously cut costs, uh, then we're up against what uh, economist Uwe Reinhardt uh, noted, which is that in healthcare, one person's cost is another person's income. Someone's yeah. going to have to lose. Uh, it's either going to be salaries or uh, shareholder value for, for investors, uh, or it's going to be profit margins somewhere. Someone in the healthcare industry is going to have to lose. Um, they may look at this and see it's inevitable. It's going to have to happen. They're going to continue to fight tooth and nail to, to delay that day of reckoning. Uh, but maybe if we have the buyer side as strong as this, uh, the pushback will start. Well,
0: the, the problem I think a lot of people fear is that the, the, the person or persons that lose out in the end are the people that need the healthcare insurance. It's not necessarily the companies themselves, it ends up being the people on the back end. Well, will it be the patients? I mean, that's one yeah. way to cut cost, uh, costs,
2: we, we just get less care. Yeah. Or will it be the providers, the healthcare industry, yeah. uh, and, and what they get? and. Presumably, these guys are looking out for their million employees,
0: so it won't be them or their families. Uh, but that's one of the great unknowns. Well, it's interesting, also the the fact, that and we've talked about it on the show, is the fact that the healthcare sector, seemingly every month that there is a jobs report, uh, one of the key sectors in growth is healthcare, and there is so much more investment in healthcare. And I think a lot of people would also say, okay, great, the investment is great, adding the jobs is great. But are we looking at ways to be able to contain costs within health care?
1: really true. And this is one of the things I'm, I'm writing about right now. It's kind of the economic and social implications of the industry being so big. And pretty much you go to any community around the country and the local hospital or, or healthcare system will be the largest employer by, by sector almost inevitably. And there are some real dislocations that we aren't always thinking about of what it would actually mean to cut costs in the system. That said, if you are really talking about you know, jobs programs and how you'd like to create jobs. Excess spending in healthcare probably isn't your most efficient way to do that. So, you know, it is one of these things. Of part of why this is so hard to change is that there are huge numbers of interests tied to these these excess costs. Going back to Reinhardt's uh, great great comment about that, um, and it's you know maybe why it's been so difficult for the system to reform itself or for government to to move in. And maybe you need this kind of outside disruptive force to take
2: it on. Okay. So uh, I, I certainly agree. We've been using healthcare as a jobs program in yeah. this country, and you can see it going up year after year. It's been pretty much immune to recessions, including the Great Recession of 2008. Uh, and disruption will mean uh, a, a lot of jobs lost. However, uh, it's part of the general trend uh, in technology of jobs not necessarily lost but shifted. Yeah. Uh, so we won't have people, as many people working in hospitals, uh, they'll be working at uh, Amazon, Uh doing programming or uh, uh, working with customer relations for whatever this new product is. Um, I think it's inevitable uh, that we'll see this shift from hands-on care uh, to more tech-oriented services. Uh, it's going to be very disruptive. All disruptions are painful for some people. Uh, but with 18% of the GDP and, and climbing devoted to healthcare, care, uh, it's going to have to happen sometime.
0: is the number to give us a call. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111, B-I-Z Radio 111, 111, or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. It's a hard question to ask, but I think we need to start to formulate it, is the fact that what is your expectation with this? I mean, it's so new. It's so early in the game. But are you starting to even have some expectations, Rob, of, of what we may see with this? Well, we've we've now been speculating
2: about some of the directions it might go in. Um, I believe something will come of it because three people as prominent as this would not have put their names on it if they didn't plan on coming through. Um, I do think this is going to move us closer to more technologically focused uh, healthcare. From drones dropping our prescriptions uh, at at our front door uh, to artificial intelligence algorithms, uh, uh, spotting uh, disease trends in large databases, uh, helping to diagnose you and and treat you. um, uh, we're, we're going to lose something. We're going to lose the personal touch in healthcare, care. Uh, but perhaps uh, we need to be going in this direction. Uh, we don't have the corner bookshop the way we used to, and we don't have the corner pharmacy the way we used to. Uh, is that progress? Uh, it certainly uh, was inevitable, and I think uh, healthcare is going to go there uh, one way or another. Dion?
1: Yeah, I'm maybe even um, on the personal side I I can see and who knows where they'll go, but I can see even a sort of buffering of that aspect that one option that they would have is to employ essentially personal health managers for th- their employees who help people navigate all the new technology and there might even be ways that on the front end it could be made more personal than our current system um and and possibly even contribute to the the cost savings through having somebody who's really expert in the new systems that are being implemented um so i, I you know i certainly think it's possible that it becomes all interface with artificial intelligence but there may be ways we can manage that mm-hmm. I guess my larger comment is um, that I do hope that they they go big um, you know, these are, are companies with capacity with with resources and if we're going to do this I think they should um, uh, really be um, aggressive and take some chances because we as, as we've said really you know through the theme of the whole whole conversation we really need change in the sector and this is one way we can at least get some models of how to do that
0: yeah thanks very much for joining the show today greatly appreciate your insight. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Thank Uh, you. Thank you very much. Rob, great seeing you again. Thanks. Thank you. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, Rob Field from Drexel University. uh, Guillaume McKee from the University of Virginia.
1: For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit
2: knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.